You are listening to Season 1 of Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who think differently and want to explore ideas and topics that are relevant to all areas of their life. Hello and welcome to Reframe Your Life podcast, Episode 2. We're talking about healthy lifestyles today. My name is Joanne and I have Sandy here. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Joanne. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Had a really good evening last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I went to this uh, storytelling event. They do these, uh, I don't know, every couple of months in my city. Yeah. And it was on excuses. And it was really interesting. There were six people who shared stories about excuses. And I was thinking how much that tied into our topic today. Ah, what are some of the best excuses you've made when you should be living a healthy lifestyle and you just like drop off the fence a little? Exactly. <laughs> well, it's just been on my mind that we're going to be talking about healthy yeah. lifestyles and all that is a part of that. So it's yeah, true, you're right. Excuses. It was interesting. There was a woman there who was talking about body shaming or fat shaming, as she called it. And she was overweight and struggled with her weight all her life. And she was sharing a story about how her body image had really impacted her and created, she had created a lot of excuses in her life around her weight. It was kind of interesting to think about how our weight can become an excuse for not doing what we want to do in our life. Yeah. Well, good for her for sharing the story. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So, so that was putting it out there. How about you? How how are things with you? Okay, you know, I was a little dizzy yesterday, so I didn't do the exercise I wanted to do, and so just feeling a bit stiff. And it reminds me of a quote, something like, "It's easier to live a fit life than an unfit life," and I really feel like that. Like I I did nothing yesterday, and you know, I I kind of chilled out, and and those days are good too. But I just feel stiff, you know. I feel, I feel stiff once I've had one of those days. So yeah. excited to be talking about this today because, you know, someone was asking me. I've actually had some friends ask me over the weekend about our podcast and they said, you know, why are you doing it and what do you hope to achieve? And I said, you know, I get what I get out of podcasts is a bit of validation and a bit of, oh, you know, other people kind of think and feel the same way but also a bit of inspiration. And so I hope we do the same. Yeah, I think we, especially around this topic. Yeah, you know, and so, yep. Good for you for what you're doing, for, you know, that validation. But then there's always, yeah. you know, a nudge, I think. It's just fitness and healthy lifestyles are just something that takes ongoing commitment. So it's just always good to be reminded of that. Well, and so I'm super excited to be talking about that today because I've been saying for a while, I'm going to bring more yoga into my life. I'm going to bring more yoga into my life. And I haven't done it. And (laughs) so I was like, you know, talking about this today, I'm going to, towards the end, you know, we might talk about our future goals and what we want to do. And I'm going to put it out there because I think putting it out there and actually verbalizing it makes, makes you make it more of a commitment, I oh, guess. I agree. So the coach in me wants to ask you right off the top. So what's getting in the way of you doing yoga? Excuses. Honestly, nothing, Sandy. I mean, what's getting in the way? I could say work. 
you know. I could say TV. <laughs> I've got lots of excuses. I have no logical reason why I should not be doing it because I work from home. I have time. You know, when I worked full time and I had to actually go to a place of work, I used to say, oh, if only I could work at home and I'd just do all this exercise. <laughs> so true. <laughs> right. And now I do have that time. So at lunchtime, I can, I should, I can do yoga. So what's getting in the way? It's just, yeah, I'm, I feel like I am getting by enough without it, but I know I would feel so much better if I did more. I wake up now with, with some aches and pains. So, I mean, exercise has always been part of my life. Well, I shouldn't say always, probably early 20s. I really started to focus on exercise. And what I'm noticing as I go into my 40s now, as I'm into my 40s, I'm having to reframe the type of exercise that I do in my life, mm. right? So I used to do a lot of high-intensity, high-energy, overtraining, you know, two, three hours in a day. But I'm feeling like as I've kind of gone into my 40s that that's not sustainable for me with injuries and what I call niggles, <laughs> you know, <laughs> niggles of my body parts. And so how do I still exercise but reframe what I'm doing which is and reframe it to more around exercise for mobility and health and so that I can t continue to exercise into my 70s? Wow. So this is a great conversation. People who are listening might not know that when you talk about exercising, you, in my mind, are someone who is way out there. You're like at the front of the pack in terms of women I know who exercise. So you are a fitness instructor mm -hmm. and you go to the gym regularly. You had a goal to run how many marathons before you turned 40? Ten. Was it ten? Right. Oh, half marathons, I should oh, say. Oops, just half. half. Just yeah, just half. half. Just half. Right. Was that in one year or? No, but you know, as I was doing one, I got chatting to another girl at the starting line, and was so proud of my goal because I was number ten, and I said, "Oh, I've done ten half marathons before I third And I think I started when I was thirty-two, so I did. 10 half marathons in eight years. She said, oh, my goal this year is to do 10, 10 half marathons in one year. <laughs> well, there's always someone who's yeah, I, I was like, oh, gosh. But <laughs> no, you're right. I, when I, I've, I exercise a lot. So when I say, oh, my gosh, I didn't exercise yesterday, I exercised the six days before that and, <laughs> right. and exercise for, you know, a good one to two hours. I have to say I've, I've, not been that intense with it lately, but uh, I do exercise every day for sure. And uh, when I when I might feel guilty about it, um, in perspective of other people's lives, it might it might look differently for them. So right. So I'm even newer to the exercise thing. I probably didn't start exercising routinely until my mid to late forties. That was when I took up running. And I had a goal of running 5K. And uh, that was the first time in my adult life that I ever committed to anything in terms of fitness. 
that was the first. So you hadn't done any walks or, yeah? you. I had done a little bit of walking, but nothing routinely at all. Like I had, you know, been one of those people who has a pretty decent metabolism. Like I Mm -hmm. was always on the thin side and I was um, five foot eight. So that helps with Mm -hmm. that weight for sure. I can weigh a lot more than someone who's five foot two and, Mm -hmm. and still look like I'm within my, and still be within a healthy weight range. So I just didn't have to work at it in terms of weight yeah. And so, and then when you're younger, you're not really looking at exercise for the benefits. I don't think of energy and all of those things. You're, you're, um, you know, I, I felt like I was in reasonably good shape. I wasn't, but I looked like I was. Yeah. I, I, so I started in my, oh, I started teaching in Australia. I, I was exercising before that, and I was actually a guy who I was asking a lot of questions. He was a firefighter, and he also worked in the mine site I was working at. And I was just really curious about exercise and energy systems. And he said, hey, if you're that interested, why don't you go and do some courses? So you can learn about it yourself, and you don't have to rely on anyone else's. And I said, oh, okay. So so I did, and I just did them for my own enjoyment and learning about the different energy systems and learning about the muscles and learning about weights and I used to start my weight training I guess yeah in my mid mid to late 20s and then a friend at the gym or the manager at the gym said hey you've got really good technique why don't you come and teach these classes and go and do the courses to be able to teach these classes and and that was in the year two that was 15 nearly 16 years ago so and I've gone crazy with it for sure. I overtrained back then, absolutely. So I was doing too much training that um, I wasn't allowing my body to rest and the muscles to rest to regenerate. Right. And I was too thin and you know a little bit gaunt in the face. And 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 then I managed to find uh, a healthy balance. And then I got introduced to yoga when I moved to England. And then, unfortunately, I gave it up. So that's where I'm at now. Going, okay, what, what do I want to achieve? And for me, it is. It's a bit of both. It's heart health, and for calorie burning, for body shape too. Because I am shorter than you, Sandy, and I've gone through. You know, you put ten, fifteen pounds on, and it's made me not happy inside. So then, it's made me not happy outside either. Right. So I like that question you asked, you know, when you were talking about getting just uh, getting into fitness or when you were in England, you said mm. um, kind of looking at why you're doing it, right? So what are the benefits? What What's your motivation in exercising? I think that's part of it for women is when we look at exercise, we often look at it um as something that we're doing because we're not happy with mm-hmm. our and so we're not really looking at it from what it brings to us we're looking mm. at it for, from a different perspective what do you think you're totally right because it's how to reframe that to a positive i mean when you exercise you feel so good after right all the endorphins and i just feel like i have so much more energy 
to live throughout my day. Uh, I exercise in the morning just like you. And, yeah, I feel like I have a lot more energy to live without my day. And so from the health side of it, absolutely, heart health. You know what? It was it was having bought some nice clothes and then I didn't wanted to continue wearing them. And, and and was still exercising but enjoying some different food and wine and things let slip and then going, okay, I need to ramp this up kind of thing. But I think as we do go through our different phases and transitions in life, it's changing the why we exercise will help motivate us for sure. So why do I want to do more yoga? Because I I want to be more supple. I want to be able to continue to live an active and healthy lifestyle into my years. And I know focusing more on balance and flexibility will help that. Yeah, that's great. For me, mental health is a big part of why (laughs) I exercise every day. I was on antidepressants in my 40s, I think for about four, maybe five years, and I really wanted to go off of them. I had weaned down. I had gone down to a pretty low dose, and I knew that one of the things that would really help me be successful in going off of antidepressants and staying off of them was to start having some healthier habits in my life. So at that time, that was around the time I started running, but I also started walking or running every day and really committing to spending an hour outdoors every day. I, I am not a gym person, but mm. I find that being outside brings a different level of energy to me. Just the fresh air. If I can do it on a trail, if I can be like, we've done some, some hiking, we can talk about that. But for me, a big part of it is getting out of the house and getting some air in my lungs and in my bloodstream. Yeah, it, it's totally right. You do feel good because the, the endorphins are running around. You're in the fresh air. I love it. We feel better when we exercise. But did you know 80% of the Canadian population doesn't do 30 minutes of exercise a day? Yeah, and I'm not surprised by that because when I look around my neighborhood, unless a lot of these people are driving to the gym, I don't see people outside very much. Mm. And I walk through this beautiful park every morning at about 6.30 in the morning with my walking partner, and we only consistently see about five people out there running or walking. And so the rest of the people, unless they're in a gym, which I, I don't think, gyms are mm. busy are not doing too much you know mm. you just see it in your neighborhood how many people do you see outside biking or walking yeah it's true and I remember when I realized I had the realization that I have to do this like it's a lifestyle right you know I've had some friends to have dipped in and out of it and then then their weight fluctuates, then they get a little bit more depressed and because they're not continuing to, to focus on health, I guess, and, and living a healthy lifestyle. But it is a lifestyle. It's, it's not about fads coming and going, you know, especially when we're talking about heart health. Right. It really is something we continue, but I think what we can be more mindful of 
as we continue into different ages is the type of it. Right. So we want to talk a little bit about that because we're at different stages and we wanted to talk about exercise at different stages of your life. So you already mentioned that when you were younger, you were working, you were working out more intensely, you were exercising at a, a different level that isn't sustainable now for you. And so I'm at a different stage and I find that my needs are even more different now than they were when I was younger. So you mentioned balance and Mm -hmm. flexibility, and those are two really important things as you age. And the whole balance thing, a lot of older people fall and I have aging parents who have both had really bad falls and it's always balance related. And so that kind of scares me. And I realized that I need to do some exercises to help improve balance. Yeah, totally. I uh, used to teach this body flow or body balance. If you're listening from Australia, it's this, it's this program out of New Zealand. And there was a there's a balance part of it. And I used to pride myself on the balance section. And now I haven't done it for so long and I haven't focused on it for so long. When I did do it a few uh, weeks ago, I was like, Wow. It's crazy. I feel like this should be a video. It's quite amazing. <laughs> well, Sandy, it's true. If you don't use it, you lose it, right? right? If you don't use it, use it, you lose it. So you catch the train or the bus. What I try and do when I'm on the train or the bus is not hold on to anything. You know, brace my abs, kind of stand with my feet a little further apart and try and balance. Because what do we do? We're always holding on to it. We're leaning. We're sitting. We're holding on to something. And so, yeah, that's just kind of one of my little things that I do. <laughs> when I think I'm that's out. a great tip. It is. I mean, you think of a time in your life where you need to balance and, and there's just not one. So unless we work on it, <laughs> we will struggle potentially. And, you know, going down the stairs, okay, you kind of one foot, one foot. And I've fallen down the stairs here, but not not necessarily because of balance, more because of inappropriate shoes, which is a whole nother piece around exercise and making sure you have the correct and appropriate um, equipment. But Sandy, I want to ask you about something you've spoken to me a year or two about, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but something else that is important as we get older is strength training. Right. I was hoping you wouldn't ask me. I know. Okay. No, I do actually, I have a great example of that. And this is kind of um, something you probably can relate to. So I've been doing some traveling in the last year and a half to Cambodia. And some of that travel involves going into more rural areas outside of the city. We've been staying in Phnom Penh. And what has really helped me focus is doing squats because when you have to use a toilet in those areas (laughs) you have to squat and I have to tell you you do not want to touch the walls you don't want to touch anything you just want to be able to squat over that hole do what you need to do and get out of there without (laughs) touching anything so I have really worked hard on squats just for that reason it's been a really good motivator for me and you're right in our world we don't have to do a lot of things to develop strength in certain parts of our body because we sit on a toilet we sit on everything 
So that's just been a funny, like you have to really strengthen your core to yes. do squats. Yeah. I call those where you have to carry your own body weight. So push-ups, squats. I mean, these are all great strength training things where you don't need necessarily equipment. You can do them in the park as you're walking through the park. If there's a, if there's a stair, you, uh, a chair, you can do some tricep dips. Some what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tricep dips. So, uh, <laughs> okay, how am I going to explain this? Sit on the chair, place your hands by the side of your butt, I guess, and then move your butt off the chair and then take your bottom towards the floor and you're bending your elbows directly back and that's working your triceps, right, in your arms. Triceps, another muscle we hardly hardly use in just daily life biceps we get a little bit more used especially like us if we go shopping <laughs> <laughs> or carrying a grandbaby I feel yeah like or carrying a lifting yes. up toddlers and grand and babies has really helped me there totally you could do abdominal training with holding on to your grandbaby <laughs> but that is one yes so the balance and the flexibility for sure but the strength training is one and I know I uh, asked you about it because I know you wanted to bring more of that into your life and I know you do a lot of walking and, and I know you just really don't like the gym, which is fine. So it's how do we find those strength training opportunities at home or in the park or doing what we're doing basically as we, as we go about our lives. And, and we can, you know, we can. It's just being creative about that. For sure. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, – varying the intensity of your uh, walking. Right. Are you managing to do that? Because that's another piece of exercise and whether it's fitness or whether it's burning calories, we don't see any change with our challenge like anything in life. So we have to change things up every now and then. So, so I live near, the city I live in is Hamilton, Ontario. And in Hamilton, there is an escarpment and there are a series of stairs that go from the lower city to the upper city up the escarpment. And there, there's, I think like three to 400 stairs in, in each group of stairs. And, and it also links the Bruce trail through the city so I've been trying to do that at least twice a week. It's a really intense cardio to go up those stairs. And I am making that part of my workout as well as hiking. So you and I have done some pretty intense long hikes. And I find that really varies the intensity of walking for me. And other than that, I have started doing a little bit of running in my walking. So oh, good. I have stopped uh, running and yeah. I'm just starting to feel like I want to get back into it a little bit. So I have an app. It's Coach to 5K is the app I'm using and we can put that in the show notes. And it allows you to set run-walk intervals and of any length that you want to do. And so I've been doing that. And so the days I'm not with, with my walking partner, I do a bit of a run walk instead of just a walk. Cool. That's good. I think I have another friend who might be listening to this who does the couch to 5K. That's really good because something that is important is high-intensity interval training, the kind of latest buzzword, H-I-I-T, HIT. 
And high-intensity training has been around, you know, interval training has been around for a long time. But basically it combines or alternates, you know, intense bursts of activity with periods of less intensity or no activity. So you think of the old, I used to teach circuit classes, you know, it used to have the beeper, you know. Right. So you'd go kind of hard doing whatever the activity was and then you'd have a minute rest, a hard for a minute doing the activity and then a minute rest. So that's basically high-intensity interval training. And another example is the run-walk, and that's how I started running. I mean, I've run the half marathons going from being a walker to building up to being a runner. And this is the thing. We have to build up to, you know, we make a plan, we set our goal, and or we set our goal first and then make a plan and, and implement it. We can't go from nothing to, to running for 30 minutes. We have to build up. And that's how I built up with my running. You know, ran for a minute, walked for two minutes, ran for a minute, walked for two minutes. And that's another example of high-intensity interval training. And it really is important because it helps you work more efficiently so you have to work, do high-intensity interval training for less time than low-intensity interval training, but it has more benefits. So it has more benefits on your heart and has more benefits on the calories burned. Right. So if you worked for high-intensity for 15 minutes, you would burn a lot more calories and have a lot more better effect on your heart than if you just did a low-intensity for 15 minutes. I mean, it's logical. Right. But a lot of people kind of get into the mindset of, you know, oh, I have to just – it's time is the most important rather than intensity. You know, I have to go for a walk for an hour or an hour and 15 minutes. No, and Whereas I think that if was you worked, a really popular message sorry. a few years ago. You yes. Know, I remember reading things that said it doesn't matter whether you run or walk. It's, it's how long you're exercising. So if you walk for an hour, you run – or the distance, I can't remember exactly what it was, yeah. the parallel there, but it, the basic concept there, the idea behind the message was that you get the same benefit from a walk as you do from a run. It's just you do one faster than the other. Yeah. So if you ran, I think that was it, if you ran five kilometers or walked five kilometers, you burn the same amount of calories, you just did one in a shorter time. But what you're saying is that, no, it's the intensity also of the workout that mm -hmm. has a benefit. And so obviously there's more cardio. There's, there's lots of differences that happen when you're running than when you're walking. Yeah, you increase your metabolic rate. So with the high intensity, you get the increased metabolic effect for longer than you know, after you exercise, basically. So, so now I'm not saying just do one. Of course, everything in life is about variety, you know. So I love going for an hour or two-hour walk, but also know that during my week I have to do some high intensity. That's why I was asking you. I was as curious to see where you were at because I know you when you just started you were just doing the walk. So now to vary it up, that's great. Stairs and back to the run. Are right. you go, are you running for a to achieve a certain goal, Sandy? Or no, just... but I'd like to get back into being able to run a five k. And what has worked for me in the past is signing up for a race. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe in the fall I'll sign up for a five k race. I don't like running in the heat, so I wouldn't sign up for a race in the summer. I'll sign up for something like maybe October when it's a little cooler. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I need a goal. I need something to work towards and to 
achieve. So I continue to sign up. So I, I've signed up for another half marathon in September. I, I'm wondering now that I'm getting a few more injuries and stuff, you know, should I continue? Should I continue? Part of it is, like I say, if you don't use it, you, you lose it. And then I also did this run last year and I totally bombed out. I uh, didn't get my eating right and failed to achieve my goal. Right. So that's given me the extra motivation to try and do the same half marathon again. So, but I'm a bit of a soft runner, so I don't run outside when it's too cold or, or it's, there's ice or anything like that. And I've tried to change. I've gone a different strategy because running can tighten you up. You know, my hips get a lot tighter. So I've done less running this winter. And I'm trying to, so this is where I say, you know, one of my shifts, one of my reframes is uh, adapt and alter my exercise depending on the season. So because I know I'm not going to be doing any races or running in the winter, I've just changed. So I've done more indoor cycling, more stepper, you know, some of the more weights. And then now it's coming into the spring. I like running outside. So now I'll start bringing in some more of the running. And that also stops us from plateauing as well. Right. Because I might, I might, I, I teach cycling classes. So I teach three cycling classes a week. But if I go for a run, you know, I've struggled going for 15 minutes and I'll be really sore the next day because it uses different muscles. So that's why, of course, variety is, is huge. So, so that's what I've signed up for. I've signed up for my half marathon and now I've got to, actually, I've signed up for an 8K in May, which I'm a little bit worried about because this weather has been not, not very nice. So I have to actually uh, ramp up my running and just go out. I have to toughen up and go outside whether it's raining or not. <laughs> right. So speaking of signing up, a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about before we wrap up. One was we had talked about signing up for City Chase. That's right. We did. Yeah. So that's, you know, for people who are listening, if you're looking for a really fun kind of event to sign up for to just give you a boost and help you get out the door and city chase is held in most major cities around the world it is a lot like the amazing race if you've ever heard of that or watched that tv show and but it just takes place in one city and you have to get to 10 different stations and do 10 different activities and some of them are physical and some of them are fun some of them are scary but a lot of them involve a physical component Mm -hmm. and so doing something like that can be a really fun way to motivate yourself to get out and do something explore your city and so we'll talk more about that after but I wanted to just put that out there because we were talking about signing up but we don't want to just make this about exercise because that's a part of a healthy lifestyle a big part. I think it's, uh, and, and probably for most women, uh, an area of struggle. You know, we have a lot of people who sign up for gyms or don't sign up for gyms or, like you said, start routines and make promises to themselves that they're going to do things. And then they have a short burst of activity where they're at the gym for two weeks and then they stop. They don't go back. They... They, um, and then they feel like a failure and then they mm-hmm. don't want to try again because they have put it out there. They've signed up for the gym, told their friends, and then sort of uh, experience what maybe feels like a little bit of shame around 
their failure. So I want to talk a little bit about that because I think that when we're adopting a healthy lifestyle, we want to deal with some of those barriers as well. So from your perspective as a fitness coach, how do you encourage people who have have that wavering commitment or maybe tried before and not been successful and so now they don't want to try again? What do you what do you do? What are some things that we could say would help them reframe their past experience and in a way that would make a fitness routine or a healthy lifestyle more sustainable? Well, and it's a good point that you've hit on a whole healthy lifestyle. So there's a whole healthy lifestyle outside of the gym. It's just bringing that activity into your life. So when you're going to the supermarket, don't search for the parking spot closest to the door. <laughs> you know, there's lots of things like that. When walk walk to the store rather than jump in the car to drive around the corner. Uh, so that goes on gardening you know gardening getting out there and gardening mowing the lawn I love mowing the lawn I don't do it as well as Ashley but I love mowing the lawn I just feel like it's so any kind of general activity you can bring into your day and walking around the block you know walking around the block but yes when I get new members come to the gym I say to them not to try and overachieve because we do that. We, oh, yeah, I'm going to do, I could say the same. I, right, Sandy, I'm going to do yoga five times a week. I'm not going to go from doing it zero times a week to five times a week. In, in or, or I'm not, if I do it, it might only last a few weeks and I'm not going to be able to sustain it. Right. So it's just breaking it down to smaller, you know, what would be a good achievable step? If I did yoga today after we spoke about this podcast and if I did it one more time this week, I will be really happy and I can celebrate that success. And then I'll do the same again the following week and then I'll do the same again the following week. So I really talk to people about overachieving because they'll come to our classes and they really like them and then they'll want to just come to that same class. So I always talk about variety, bring in variety don't do the same class day in and day out, day in and day out, because although you like it now, you will start to get sick of it. You'll, it'll start to feel the, the same. So bringing in that variety. And then, yeah, knowing their reasons, trying to reframe why they're doing it from a negative to a positive. You know, I want to do it because I want to feel those endorphins after, after my workout. You know, I want to do it because I want to just feel happy and feel good about myself. I want to do it because I love hearing the birds sing as I go for a walk out in nature or I want to go and collect leaves. That's what I love doing in the fall, by the way. Right. I love walking in the fall and collecting leaves. So, yeah, it's hard. And I actually tell people a, a little bit about me. Like just, just because I'm a fitness instructor doesn't mean I'm immune to those things either. Right. One of the things I'm lucky is that I have to turn up. <laughs> and But I've never been one to only exercise whilst I'm teaching. I've always been one to do extra. So where I might get disappointed in myself is if I, is if I haven't gone and done the, you know, I'm, I'm down to teaching three classes a week. So, you know, if that's all I do, I might be a little bit disappointed in myself. So then I go, okay, 
what's nothing's holding me back that was last week how do I move forward I'm not going to get stuck in what I did and didn't do last week this is all about moving forward so what would I like to achieve this week and just take it one step at a time but Sandy I think the whole healthy like just general active living is important because not everyone likes the gym and not everyone likes to run or bike but going out for walks and and bringing in some hills or stairs so you can vary it up like like you've done is is pretty achievable for many people if they want to make that as a goal right yeah i like that i think that there's a lot of us who struggle with the all or nothing yeah and so if we're not doing it every day then we don't do it at all because it's we're we're a failure it's all or nothing and so i've been there in my life for sure i think one of the benefits about of getting older and wiser is that our motivations change and we are also we get a little free from that thinking you know where if i don't exercise every day it doesn't mean i have to quit altogether because I haven't met the mark, you know, I haven't been successful. No, I was, well, I was going to talk about also exercise and menstruation. I don't know if that's where you were going no, with this, but no. our cycle, our cycle, because that also could help people understand that if you do one type of exercise at a certain time of the month, do you ever kind of, do you ever walk or do the stairs and think, wow, that was a lot easier Oh, this, yeah, or a lot harder. Yeah, a lot easier or a lot harder this time. Well, that is to do with our cycle. It's to do with hormones. During menstruation, we have um, higher estrogen, and we are so we are more primed for high-intensity workouts. Mm-hmm. So we can even focus our exercise month on our different uh, hormones and, and phases. Now, I'm not an expert in this. But I've read enough to know that, yeah, during menstruation, we could do more intense workouts. During the ovulation phase, it's we feel stronger. So it's more about doing the heavier weights, doing more squats. Maybe instead of just squatting with your own body weight, getting some books and putting them on your lap and squatting with them or holding onto them or holding the grandbaby and squatting with the grandbaby. And then after ovulation, it's more around the fat burning. We're primed at doing more of the fat burning, so less intensity, more aerobic activity for longer. And you can do weights, but you don't feel as strong. But this is a great opportunity for more of the calorie burning. So I would just invite people to just plot where they're at with their different phases of the month and and be okay. Don't be like, oh, damn, you know, I could lift 15 kilos last week, but I can't this week. You know, it, 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 it has to do with hormones. It could have to do with sleep and food as well, but that's just part of it. And don't, so don't let that go, oh, well, therefore, you know, I'm not, I'm not improving, I'm not getting in better, so therefore I should quit. We, the challenge is to work through our different phases. So right. I wanted to talk about that. So I'm in a different phase of life. Yes. And so I was just thinking about that when you were talking. So when you're in menopause, you don't aren't aware of your cycles in the same way, although I still think you have cycles of some sort. But what I do think happens is that our bodies change. They go yes. through a shift. And for a lot of women, that can be really uncomfortable. You know, we are uh, waste. We lose our waste. 
sad. You probably never will, but um, <laughs> we, we do like our, our whole body shape tends to shift a little bit. And yeah. um, it also becomes harder to maintain weight and your calorie needs are reduced. And uh, what I'm finding, it's not really exercise related, but it is lifestyle related, is my metabolism has shifted. Specifically, it's very sad how I metabolize wine. And so I have had to make some changes where I find if I have a glass of wine, I need to have several glasses of water, water. to mm. to compensate for that and uh, just make some adjustments. But what I think is key is just being tuned into your body and really listening to your body. So when I have a low energy day, I think about how much water I drank the day before and mm -hmm. it's probably related to being dehydrated. And I start to, that's where I start. I start with sleep, getting enough sleep and drinking enough water. And I find when I do those two things, I'm better able to then focus on some of the other lifestyle things that I'd like to do. On your exercise and the strength yes. training, Sandy, for women in menopause, I mean, the recommendations are similar to any you know aerobic activity for heart health and calorie burning. But the strength training and why the strength training for the muscles and bones and to increase your metabolism. So so doing the strength training, using those muscles a little bit more help will help increase the metabolism. And like you said, the flexibility as well, flexibility. Yes. So they're the recommendations. But as you say, people go through their own experience. It's, it's important to be really self-aware of what your journey is and what you need at that particular time. But I think the water, the water and the sleep is very underestimated. Right. I was just listening to a podcast and um, somebody was talking about healthy habits on there. And he said in his life, he focuses on three things, eat well, sleep well, and move well. Yeah. And I thought that's just such a simple way of putting or framing a healthy lifestyle. You know, if you're doing all three of those things, if you're getting enough sleep, you're eating well, eating healthy and nutritiously, and you're moving well throughout the day, then you will have a level of health that other people who aren't doing those things may not experience. Yeah, totally agree. I like that. It's our own journey that we have to go through. The wine, I'm starting to see the effects of wine for sure and starting to think, okay, you know. <laughs> Me too. So what do I have to do to... Right to be able to continue to enjoy a, a glass or two of wine. Uh, so I've, I've noticed that even, yeah, in, in my early 40s as well. So. so one other thing I want to touch on is mm. technology. So I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to these things, but I have found that technology can be really helpful in helping us to maintain healthy habits so just today i downloaded an app and we'll put it in the show notes called momentum and it allows you to enter a few habits that you want to implement every day and then you just check them off and it's based on the rewards of checking off something and you begin to see a mm -hmm. string of uh, green check marks whenever you've done it and there there's something very rewarding for us about those kinds of that kind of feedback 
And so I wanted to start drinking a glass of lemon water every morning. So I've been reading a lot about the benefits of starting your day with lemon water. So before I go for my walk, I wanted to just squeeze a lemon into a glass of water and drink it. But it's a habit and it's just, it's something new and it's just easy. It's another five minutes or so before I go out the door that I need to do that. So I've, I set it up in momentum and I get a little check mark today for doing that. And it's a way of tracking my progress and giving me that instant feedback when I see the string of green check marks that I'm, <laughs> that I'm doing it. And the idea is you don't want to break the chain, right? You don't want to, you don't want to miss a day because you, those, those check marks really have some kind of psychological, uh, lift to us so yes i um i want to try that out and see how successful i am with that and hopefully after a month of that i'll have created a habit of drinking my lemon water every morning I'll let you know how that goes yeah that's great i have been meaning to download um the pocket yoga app which i heard on oprah, oprah winfrey talk <laughs> and uh, i'm going to do that right now that's going to be my action going forward Right, because so. I think that might might help me. So, uh, yeah, pocket pocket yoga for anyone. I it's it's great. You know, I'm not. I don't always think directly about the technology piece, Sandy. But it's it's totally right. And actually, that reminds me. Um, I was asking someone about achieving their goal for their half marathon, and I said, "What did you do? You know, how did you do it?" And and he he used Spotify, and he downloaded music that was a certain tempo. Right. So then when he ran, he continued to run that tempo of the beat. That's great. And then he said, I, I, you know, worked out what tempo I wanted to run at to achieve my goal. And so, and I listen to music, but I don't necessarily focus on it that much. But I know it does affect me. If it's a slower song, I'll run a little bit slower. If it's a faster song, I'll run a little bit faster. So that's another one for people. If you're trying to achieve you know, once you get your, your couch to 5K done, if you are trying to achieve a certain time, if you go into a 5K, there's another one. You know, use Spotify or use uh, another music app to download music that's a certain tempo beats per minute. And right. That will help. Create your own playlist. I have, yeah. I have one for running, actually. Yeah. And there's a couple songs on there that when they come on, I just like, I'm energized. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's great. So I have a little sign above my desk and it says, tomorrow you'll be happy you did it today. Uh -huh. And nice. when it comes to the things we're talking about, it is all about the choices you make today. So I think let's just end there and just think about that. Whatever you choose today, make it a choice that you'll be happy you did it tomorrow. That sounds great. Thanks for listening, Reframers. See you next time. Hi Life Reframers, did you enjoy our podcast today? If so, we'd really appreciate a review on iTunes, SoundCloud or our Facebook page. For more information, visit our website reframeyourlife.ca and sign up for our newsletter.